people of Earth, we have come to upgrade your cosmic consciousness. DNA activation ready in three, two, one. Hi, welcome to Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. I'm Craig Anderson. And I'm Lou Quinto. Lou, we have talked a lot over the last year about just all the changes companies have had to go through with their processes. I think we've, I can't even guess how many episodes we've had to talk about that over the last year. I, I can't remember last year's just a blur to me. <laughs> it's just all, I PTSD 2020 away. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, what we thought would be a great idea today was to really talk to somebody who's an expert in process and Six Sigma and the ways companies can look at these processes and try and understand both their old processes that were pre-COVID, what's happened to make those processes efficient during, and then what's going to happen as we can say, (laughs) easy for me to say, and then what's going to happen as we kind of slowly come out of COVID with those processes. So we reached out to Rachel Lamb, president of Results with Rachel, who does a lot of work around Six Sigma and Agile and Lean Management, and is working with a lot of different companies as they assess these issues. So we will go ahead and have a great conversation here with Rachel Lamb. Rachel, welcome to Q&A and Breakthrough Leadership. We're glad to have you here with us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, why don't you tell our viewers a little bit about Results with Rachel and the work that you do? Well, great. Again, um, I'm glad to be here. And my name is Rachel Lamb. And what I do, I'm an independent consultant. I go into companies and help them save money, help them improve their processes. So I focus on lean or process improvement, Six Sigma, which is nerdy statistical analysis, uh, and also project management, training and consulting for all those areas. Wow, that's great. Well, people have had to figure out some process changes over the last, however, 20 years since COVID started. How is that? Uh, so Lou and I have talked a lot about over the last year, just all these changes companies have had to make to be successful. Lou, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that as we talk, as we get kicked off here, but. Yeah, n- no, it's interesting only because, uh, Rachel, you, you've got the lean background, you've got the Six Sigma background, and I'm sure that right now, particularly during these COVID times, companies are probably grabbing onto them like a life preserver to save them during this tumultuous time that we have that's keeping them afloat. Uh, but unfortunately, with Six Sigma and with lean, you need data. And so the data is, I mean, it, it's still coming. And so I'm sure it's very difficult for companies to really take and apply those processes to their fullest because they're using very small amounts of data as opposed to pre-COVID, they would have eons worth of data that they could go through and describe. Are you finding that an issue? Sure, absolutely. Actually, even outside of COVID, companies don't have data. But I think the key thing here is that Um, What differentiates companies from being successful during this whole COVID timeframe is being able to adapt to change and learning how to quickly assess your processes, understand what's valuable customer's perspective, and just focusing on those value-added activities, okay? So, um, and also using agile, an agile approach, which is an iterative approach, so looking at what what you need to do, adapting, and then looking at it again, just looking at your processes and improving. 
Yeah. In fact, in several episodes, we've covered agile leadership. Uh, and I know from uh, my experience in working with some people who were entrenched in this is the way we've always done it. Uh, Craig, mark that down. That's the very first time in 2021 I've used that 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 term uh, first of or the many. statement. First of many. Yes. But uh, agility is difficult for a lot of people. Uh, but I found with the clients that I'm working with is that there was more uh, of that catalyst because of COVID that I've got to do this fast. And so when I have to react to something, I have to react quickly, where in the past it was, well, let's study it a little bit. Let's look at that. Let's look at this. And then we'll phase it in. It, it, during the last year, it was like, no, we, we got to do something by tomorrow. So let's do it. Have you found that too? During the COVID timeframe, we all learned what the word essential was, right? So uh, we learned which workers were essential. I wasn't one of them. I worked yeah, in Craig, Craig and I, Craig, Craig and I were not either. Essential. So yeah, there's, we have three non-essentials right? so, here. That's good. <laughs> grocery store workers, doctors, police officers, everybody was who was targeted as essential could go in and continue to work. But most likely we all saw that in processes as well. So processes surfaced as being essential processes, ones that companies did in order to stay afloat, meet the customer's needs. And other things which were not essential or in the lean world, we would call non-value added. Right. Those processes either they didn't get done, they went away, or uh, they just learned how to minimize those. Wow. Yeah. No, it goes back to Craig, what you and I've said in previous episodes where, you know, during COVID, we told everybody focus on your products and services, everything else push off to the side, because you've got to look at your products and services and start asking yourselves, how can we do it more conveniently? How can we do it more effectively? How can we do it? But, you know, with easier logistics and things like that. And right. so I think, you know, Rachel, you've probably found that that's what a lot of companies are doing or had to do. Absolutely. Either it happened naturally or what I've recommended or even helped assist them with is um, taking an inventory of all the processes that they that they have, portfolio, right. and understanding which processes are value-added or non-value-added. And then even within each process, uh, getting into the details of each process step. So is this process step necessary or not? There's just been such a push to remove non unnecessary items, value added items, and become more efficient in the processes in order to reduce lead times, get things out quicker to customers, and also do things in a more cost-efficient manner. Right. So that's interesting. So we did all this because we had to over the last however many months, nine months. But as they're thinking, you know, as we expect things to start freeing up sometime in 2021, what should they be thinking about to say now, what things do we bring back? What things do we not bring back? As you know, we've built these efficiencies, but how many are necessary and how many are not? How should they approach that? Right. I think the first thing that needs to be done is think with a continuous improvement mindset and start to create this culture of continuous improvement, right? So things are different and things will continue to change throughout our, our lifetimes. So we have to learn to those change, keep the processes that are valuable, and then focus and identify and 
on the processes that are non-value added. So you've identified them, then what do you do? You either eliminate them or reduce them, figure out how to make them more efficient. Okay, so you need to um, focus on reducing wastes out of processes as much as possible. Now, what are wastes in processes? One example might be doing more than what the customer wants. Great sales tactic. It's an exciter. You're making the customer happy. Essentially, it's overproduction. That's what we call it in the lean world. It's one of the seven wastes. Also, producing defects, having to rework and do things again is a wasteful activity. So how can you airproof that process so that you don't produce those defects, so that you don't have to spend the time reworking? Uh, taking too many steps to get the job done. How can you better organize the work, uh, organize your file systems, organize those um, common systems that we use to communicate now that most of us work virtually, okay? Those are ways that you could, or examples of ways and ways that you could eliminate waste. So looking at those processes going forward, definitely uh, focus on a culture of continuous improvement, assess for value, think of it from the customer's point of view, and then on the items that the customer is not willing to pay for, definitely target those and drive efficiencies in your system. Cool. Are, are you finding that people are actually using the Deming Think, Do, Check, and Act now, and they're being more conscious of those four steps? Uh, <laughs> or are they just, let's think about what needs to be done and let's do it, and forgetting about the, the checking part of it? <laughs> I, I think that naturally people go through those those cycles, the Deming Plan Do Check Act cycles right. for sure. But they're they're learning how to do those faster, right? So think about our schools, for example, where there is completely unheard of that we have kids learning from home. And every day the schools are having to kind of reevaluate based on the new, the new requirements that are coming out of the CDC. So how many kids can be in the classroom? How far apart do they have to be? Um, when do we need to inform um, the family of a, a COVID case in, in the school? So all of these requirements are changing. That's why I have been thinking for the past year, actually, how agile concepts and agile methodology actually really, really applies. Right. So learning how to do that, plan to check full and right. do it well, have a communication plan in place, have those processes documented so you can quickly do it again is extremely helpful in times like these. Yeah. Yeah. No, no question about that. The other thing too, is uh, moving forward, Rachel, I, I, obviously, you know, one of the important parts of, of implementing a lean system and using Six Sigma is to really shed some of those in it, those areas that we need to get rid of because we're just what you call them time wasters uh, or eliminators. Uh, do you find that a lot of companies because of COVID will be shedding a lot of their processes uh, or I shouldn't say the processes, but a lot of the uh, ingredients within processes that they have just found it's taken us too long to do? Absolutely. So someone asked me before, do you think that that um, back to the old ways, how we always did it. Mm, 
Not so sure because we've made some big improvements. Doctor's appointments can be virtual now. Who wants to go into a doctor if you can call them from your computer and not waste the time on your schedule? One of my clients used to manually move her folders or processes, manually move them, and the paper would sit on someone's desk for an approval, and then they would stand up and walk it to the next person's desk. Guess what? That's gone now. <laughs> They're using email and SharePoint for workflow management, and they are much more efficient now. So I'm not sure that we'll ever go back to the way that we were because the situation we've been has really driven some improvements. And also under the, the pressure of uh, the whole COVID timeline, we've learned to adapt quite well. And I'd say keep that culture of creating that, uh, those improvements and driving improvements and, and adapting to change in place to help with future customer needs that will change. Right. Yeah. We, we've said several times how far we've advanced in just a few months. We've done years worth of progress in just a few months. And it sounds like that's a lot of what your clients are seeing is as they've gotten efficient this year just to make it work. Yeah, with all of this, Rachel, I don't want to take the human aspect out of it, but what has it done to morale? I mean, people were uncomfortable at the very beginning of COVID. Some people still are very uncomfortable. Uh, they've been being pulled in different ways. I've got children that I've got to help educate them while I'm at work you know, or doing work. I'm not at work. I'm in front of my computer working. Uh, but looking at all these processes and looking at things going forward, what's the human aspect to this that managers, company owners really need to take into consideration? So from a morale perspective, I think it's been it's been a hard year, right? It's hard for humans to adapt to change. Uh, a lot of people like have things stay the same. However, on the flip side, because we've been focusing on processes that are important or essential, uh, companies have been able to eliminate some of that tedious extra work that that folks might not necessarily like doing. So I think that's helped. Also, I think people have really enjoyed learning new things. Um, although sometimes it's difficult learning new things, we all have learned new skills. <laughs> We're all really good at Zoom and Teams. And uh, I've got Zoom, WebEx, Teams, and and just did a Googling as well. So we're learning different skills throughout this time, which is great for us. Also, the other thing from a morale perspective, I think uh, we're all in this together. We've we've seen each other's pets in the background of, of our meetings. We're learning about each other as, as humans. So beyond processes, I think um, there's the aspect of working together as a team, learning about your teammates, and just um, becoming more human throughout this process, I guess. Right, right. Yeah, awesome. which which leads me to, to, to one more question here is now that we've gone through, well, we're just shy of a year of remote work being 100% for non-essential people. <laughs> just make sure I, I throw that in, okay? But at what point, because process improvement is to continue to look at things that you do on a regular basis and say, how can I do it better? How can I do it better? Uh, but there is a stable 
got the word of the year in there. There is a stable uh, portion of the process that maintains. But now we're not just looking at the process, but we're looking at the unstable part of all of the people that are putting these processes in. When do you think we'll reach stabilization? Boy, that's a great question. And in, in the I, that's, world, that's of my job. I ask Sigma, great questions. We, <laughs> we study variation, and variation usually always exists. So, I'd say we shouldn't rest ever, right? We should always plan for instability because you always have vari- variability. Customer demand always changes. Right. Uh, your customers are going to want different things tomorrow want today and you need to figure out how to adapt so the only thing that's really stable is the fact that change is constant (laughs) and so again focus on those agile approaches those iterative approaches focus on continuous improvement and if you practice it enough you can deal with that and it won't be as difficult as it was the first time in 2020 where you were really forced to make changes. Right, so right. once you practice it enough, you'll get great at it and it, it won't be a big deal. Okay. Fair, fair answer to a very difficult question. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. Well, we're wrapping up here. Lou, let's go ahead and hit key takeaways. We'll hit you, then me, and then we'll get Rachel's key takeaway too. So yeah. Lou, what's your key takeaway today? Well, key key takeaway for me today is particularly in Rachel's business and, and, and a little bit what I've been doing for 35 years, working in critical thinking and problem solving and decision making, is that process improvement, I think, is really being elevated and has been elevated over the last 11 months that we've been dealing with COVID, where companies have had to go back to the basics and say, how can we do them better? How can we be more efficient? How can we be more effective in those things? And so I I truly believe Deming has had a rebirth uh, over the last several months in really looking at our processes and focusing on efficiencies. And I don't think, like I said, it's not going away. I think Deming got a rebirth over the last 11 months. That's my key takeaway. Excellent. Well, I think my key takeaway of two, one, you know a lot more about Lean and Six Sigma than I thought you did, Lou. So I learned that today. And <laughs> and I do think it's interesting, just this idea of really looking at all this is we've pulled so much waste out of the system that I don't think we ever would have tried to pull if we didn't have this situation. So as we've talked about how so many things got accelerated, certainly that was my takeaway today. Rachel, how about you? What was your key takeaway? I think you guys are right. Uh, Process improvement is needed now more than ever. So understand which processes are essential and value-added and ultimately create this culture for continuously improving. So you're continuously assessing for value and continuously driving wasteful activities out and minimizing those. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, Rachel. It was great to have you on the show. And uh, maybe we'll have a great opportunity to have you back next time. Rachel, if if people are interested, how can they get in touch uh, with results with Rachel? Yes, thank you. Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, at resultswithrachel.com. Just shoot me an email and I'll be glad to connect. Terrific. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Rachel, for the time that you spent with us. Hopefully our listeners and viewers uh, will have picked something up over the last couple of minutes uh, that will get them to go back and start looking at their processes as well. So thanks again. Thanks.
Well, Craig, we learned a lot from Rachel. I'm glad we that uh, she was able to, to come on and talk to us about processes. And I think it just reinforced a lot of the things that you and I said. And I don't mean that, you know, in the, oh, well, that, you know, just what you and I have said. <laughs> but it, it's one of those things where when it comes to processes, particularly during 2020, we, we have said, look at your products, look at your services. What can you do to make them more efficient? What can you do to make them more effective? How can you make them more convenient? How can you be better customer service oriented? And those are all processes. And I think Rachel really drove the point home there. So uh, I'm happy that she came on and Absolutely. hopefully she'll be on in the future as we continue to get close to, if not into post-COVID time. So uh, if you've enjoyed this episode of Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership, please like it, share it with your friends. Uh, also subscribe to it so that you know when the next episode of Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership will be posting. In fact, next week, we will be posting an episode on becoming a company that employees want to work for. So don't miss out on that. In addition, don't forget, Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership can be found on all of your major podcast platforms. So until next time, keep your hands washed, keep your distance. I'm Lou Quinto. And I'm Craig Anderson. 